0: Hello and welcome to piecing the parsha together. This week is Parshas Bamidbar, and it's also Shavuos. I'd like to share an idea that focuses on both of them. Last year we discussed the idea that the count that occurs at the beginning of Parshas Bamidbar. Chronologically, did not happen first in the safer. Uh, the inauguration of the Mishkan happens on Rosh Chodesh Nissan, and it talks about the Korban Pesach in Parshas Baaloscha. and uh, in Bamidbar this count, the census of B'nai Israel happens in Rosh Chodesh Iyar. So we're clearly out of order uh, chronologically, and Last year, I think there was a suggestion that we wanted to start on on a high note, and I'd like to try to elaborate on that, Um, as well as touch on another aspect of the parsha that wasn't fully perhaps developed in the past. There are two pieces, in fact, the first two pieces. From Roshwab in the Mayan base of Shueva on Parsha's Kamidbar, where he observes some <clears throat> oddities, seeming oddities in the psukim. The first thing he quotes a uh, uh, Medrash Rabbah at the beginning of the Parsha that. The idea of sina is you don't make yourself like a desert and ownerless, you can't acquire the chachma of the Torah. Therefore, it says bamid bar sina, and he wants to understand this. He says, as long as the person has the ego, the eye, how are you going to be able to get the chachma of the Creator? And he observes that in the psukkim, you see this in P'suk Dalit, it says. Leves Avosav, the person who's the head of the house. And these are the Nasim, he says. And he says it's a bit interesting because once again, chronologically, we've been introduced to the Nasim already. They're the ones who brought the Korbanos and Parshas Nasa. But nevertheless, he says they're still called here Anashim, just men, as if this is the first time you've met them. And um, he says that even though these individuals were honored princes, they did not take anything for themselves. They just, in their own eyes, felt like they were just simple people, and that's why the pasuk says "ish, ish There's not a, a, a you know position of leadership. So it says if they were able to fulfill that, then they can actually be um the leaders of Yisrael. And he ends this first piece, he says, if you look at the words of Rashi, Rashi says Ashernikthulo right, Khan Beshamus. That they get names mentioned here. That Moshe gave them sort of another reference to show that these individuals had made themselves into regular ordinary people. They didn't think of themselves as anything special. So their names get mentioned again. And the next piece talks about the Degolem, and this is something that I don't think I addressed last year. Or at least I don't think I addressed it as well as I would have liked to. Partly because I'm not sure that I saw a, a deeper answer with all these counts of the Shvatim. So the first count, set up a census, set up a camp, fine. But then when it talks about the Degolem, it mentions the counts of the Shvatim again. And then it tallies them up again. And it mentions the different nasiim, the and we've mentioned all of these things in the previous parak. is the first parak of Amidbar, and this is and then the second parak. We kind of just repeat a lot of the same things, right? So yes, the one thing that we didn't do in the first parak is actually add the three different shvatim together and get those totals. But I don't know if the Torah feels that we ha- had to do that. We can do the math ourselves, maybe. So where says that mentioned just before we do the counts where we divide the Shvatim into the Degolim into their specific encampments, mentions that the Leviim are the ones who camp around the Mishka, the end of the first pair. And that could have bothered B'nai Yisrael. He uses the example if you have the prominent members of the Shul who sit up front, and all of a sudden they're relocated to behind the bima so that might make them unhappy. But not only that, you put other people in front. But he says they, they didn't complain verbally to Moshe, he says they didn't even complain in their minds. They understood they accepted it. As the Posak says, the share Tiva Moshe So that's the very end of the of the first parak. So they they were moved away from the Mishkan, even though they'd want to be near the Mishkan, of course. That's a full meal, he says, it's Chum Shabbos, and Rav, Rav Schwab says, that's their madriga. That's And because they did this, there's an extra chiba, which is what Rashi says, that Hashem has such affection for the Jews that he counts them all the time. And I said last year, I think that you see that by the fact that they've counted again in the second parashah. So Schwab now comes to add a different dimension as to why that count would have occurred. Is that again? These people have made themselves, at least in the seamus they made themselves like the midbar. So now they're worthy to be leaders. But additionally, the Israel are able to to accept the you know, sort of a little bit of a pushback. They would where they'd like to be, ideally closer to the Mishkan. They had to give it up for the VM, and they accept that. And Schwab ends with a, perhaps, we'll say, a connection to Rosh Hashanah that it says, "Mi al kamocha no se avon." Who is like Yevashem, you, know, Hashem, like that carries the sins and is forgiving of the uh, iniquities? The for the remnant of His inheritance. And it says, Who does Hashem forgive? It says, Those who um, forego the wrongs that were done to them. This idea that I think they say Nechiba the arises from Bnei Israel they're able to forego a certain slight to them even though there was the Hashem they had the Liam have to live uh, closer to the Mishkan they're the ones who take care of it but they were able to overlook that and that causes a certain Chiba for them it seems this is very appropriate for the holiday of Shavuos there's a comment made by Rechaim of Elijah and the Ruach Chaim his parish on Perkei I think it's the very first piece. He says that Moshe is Torah Misenai. Moshe receives the Torah from Harsinai and he says, "How is you know, how does that work exactly?" And he talks about the different nevuah of Moshe compared to the other other neviim. Then he says that Moshe's godless, Moshe's greatness was that. He was in of. He was humble. And he contrasts that Abraham says, Anochi afar v'efer. I'm dust and ashes. But he says, Moshe, by contrast, said, V'nachduma. What are we? We're nothing. So you see the complete subjugation, self-abnegation of Moshe. And because of that, He's the one who's able to receive the Torah. There has to be sort of a removal of the self as much as possible. And then you sort of gonna kind of, the ability for Shem to come in. And that's what Moshe says. Even the Shekhinah speaks from his throat. Right? Completely subjugated. And um, the Parsha starts where? Bamidbar Sinai. That's how Bamidbar starts. It's not just the Midbar. It's the Midbar of Sinai. And you have this idea of the Nasim able to look at themselves as just regular people, and they're given uh, extra because of that. Extra, extra chashivas. And you see, B'nai Israel are able to forego their desire to live near the Mishkan, have a space there for the Levim. and there's extra chidba for Hashem, and he counts them again with Pheniseum, with every shavet, specific totals. The more we're able to forego the, the personal you know, slights we think should come to us, the greater it is our ability to be in that Midbar Sinai and to receive the Torah. Wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos and a good Yom Tov. Thanks for listening.